Welcome to the Family Life Church Podcast. We hope you're blessed and encouraged to share this with someone you know. Subscribe or visit thefamilylife.org for more information. Amen, amen. As you return to your seats, I want to give honor to my pastor and what a privilege and honor to be able to minister to my family, my church, and um, I love my family, love my girls, love my wife, honored and privileged to be doing life with them. And uh, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, went to a friend's, went over to a friend's house last Sunday, spent some time with some families and having a great time, and uh, we were at their home, and they put up a baby gate, and those of us that have small children, we're thankful for baby gates, aren't we? And uh, it's funny, when you put a baby gate up, your kids instantly stop looking at all of the awesome things in that room, and they start looking at where they cannot go. Can I get an amen on that? And that gate went up for their protection, that there are rooms and there are places in that home that one day they'll be all right to be in the kitchen by themselves. One day they'll, they'll be okay to be in the bathroom by themselves, but they're just not ready for it yet. And it got me kind of thinking that that for us in the spiritual sense of things, there are seasons where we can feel stuck. There are seasons where we can wonder, why am I in this room? There are seasons when we can feel as though there is absolutely no movement. But I just want to encourage somebody here this morning that God is always looking over your life. That maybe you are where you are because God is protecting you. That there's a room that God has prepared for you, but you're just not ready to walk into it yet. And so instead of focusing on the gate, focus on the room. That God has placed me here for a reason. That God has me in this season to do whatever it is that God wants me to do. And God, get my eyes off of where I cannot go and get my eyes off of the gate. And Lord, help me to know that you have me in this season and you have me in this moment. Come on, somebody. You've got me right where you want me, God. And so whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'll do it. Would somebody say amen? Amen. Revelation chapter 3 in verse 20. It says this, Behold, I stand at the door. This is the Lord speaking. I stand at the door and knock. That if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him. I want to preach to you for a few moments. Open the door. Would you lift up your voice and ask God to help us to receive what he has for us? 
Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, we love you and we thank you, God. We magnify you this morning, God. I pray, Lord, that in the mighty name of Jesus, have your way in this place, Lord, that you would be magnified, Lord, that you would be glorified. God, we honor you and we praise you today. God, give us a heart to receive, Lord. Give us an ear to receive, Lord, that this would fall on good ground, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people said amen. Come on, would you put your hands together for the Lord this morning? Would you thank him for what you have already felt in this place, that God, there's nobody like you. There's none beside you. Come on, would you lift up your voice and clap your hands that, God, there's nobody like you, Jesus, that we praise you and we magnify you today. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said amen, and you may be seated. The Word of God says, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The word says that that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering to us were, not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. The Word says that God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Paul said to the church in Galatia, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life that which I now live in the flesh, I live it by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We could go on for a mighty long time this morning going through numerous scriptures that, that declare and defend and proclaim the fact that God is always looking out for you and that God is always going to love you. And if you trail off in this message, if ADD gets the best of you and you start thinking about taxes or what's happening this week, just remember this, that despite what you are facing and despite what you are going through and despite how bad you might think your life is, God is always looking out for you and God is always going to love you. This past week, I was reading in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And to be honest with you, it's a pretty ordinary story that showcases the extraordinary love and compassion of Jesus. I want to take a look at it if you've got it, Brother Jordan. Luke chapter 19 and verse 1, going through verse 10, and it says this, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. Somebody say he was a tax collector. He was a tax collector, and the Bible says he was rich, and he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and and he could not for the press, that there was a, a great crowd, that there was a large amount of people that wanted to see Jesus that day, and the Bible goes on to say he... Um, he wanted to see Jesus, and it might be pretty difficult because he was 
little of stature. He's just a little guy. So it goes on to tell us that he ran before and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And, and when Jesus came to the place, it was Jesus that looked up and Jesus that saw him and Jesus that said unto him, it's Jesus approaching and seeking out Zacchaeus. And he says, Zacchaeus, make haste and, and come down for today I must abide at thy house. He was saying, I want to spend a little bit of time with you today, Zacchaeus. I, I, I want to go to your house, and I want to spend time with you. And, and Zacchaeus made haste, and he came down, and he received him joyfully. And when they saw it, here comes the naysayers. They all, somebody help me preach. They all murmured. They all began to complain saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have to take anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That Jesus is going into Jericho and all of the people in town want to just catch a glimpse. And, and Zacchaeus, being just a little guy, he decides, I'm going to climb a tree because I want to get a good look at this man named Jesus. And little did Zacchaeus know that in the midst of this Jesus walking through the crowd, that it would be Jesus that would seek and approach the tax collector, Zacchaeus. This is different and. And outside the norm because Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And what we know is, is that tax collectors were handpicked and hired by Romans. And, and so they were seen as an instant enemy of the Jews. And tax collectors added their own little personal surcharge onto taxes. They, they went ahead and, and took a little extra for themselves. And, and they also seemed to have just a relentless power in taking any amount of money from Jews. And so I guess almost rightfully so, Jewish society would instantly just label them along with the sinners and the unclean. The tax collectors, you're not welcome in the temple. You're not welcome in the synagogue. In fact, Jews looked at tax collectors and, and saw them and thought, you are despised by us. But Jesus saw things differently. He ignored this natural hate that he's supposed to have. He, he ignored the fact that he may be the enemy of the Jews, but, but Jesus crossed the barrier and he approached Zacchaeus. And I've just got to pause this morning and say that there's something amazing about God Almighty. There's something amazing about the one that is the maker of the heavens and the earth. There's something amazing about the one that can make the mountains shake and the earth tremble. There's something amazing about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords specifically and intentionally approaching sinners. That he's not afraid to go an extra mile to save your soul. That he's, he's not afraid to be talked bad about. 
He's not afraid of what the naysayers say. He's, he's not afraid to be negatively viewed or, or to be perceived as a hypocrite or to go against cultural or social norms. Jesus is not afraid to do whatever he needs to do in order to reach a soul. That's the kind of God that we serve today. That when Jews are doing everything they can to keep their distance, that when Jews are doing everything they can to say the tax collectors, they, they are despised by us. They, they are in the same group as the unclean and the sinners. They're, they're not welcome in the temple. They're not welcome in the synagogues. When the Jews were purposely keeping their distance, it's Jesus that approaches the tax collector. We see this same, same spirit of Jesus, and we see this same compassion demonstrated all throughout the Word of God. That it's Jesus that approaches Zacchaeus. We see that it's Jesus that speaks to the woman at the well. That it's Jesus that goes to Levi's house and eats with sinners. It's it's Jesus that stands up for the adulterous woman. It's the father in the story of the prodigal that runs to his son. Are you hearing me this morning? There's something extraordinary about Jesus that we've, we've never seen this type of love before. We've never seen this type of compassion before that with Jesus, you don't need to win his love. You already have his love. And since you can't win it, you can't lose it. Then no matter how defeated or deflated or or how messed up your life may seem or, or how down you may feel, God will not let you go. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2 says it this way in the message translation. It says Jesus didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. That Jesus is giving everything of himself today for no other reason other than the fact that he simply loves you. And hear me, Family Life Church, this morning. I don't know where you're at right now. And I don't know how low you are or how wounded you are. I don't know how difficult your valley is. But God is looking out for you. And God will not let you go. And God will not give up on you. He will not turn his back on you. Because he absolutely, without question, loves you. There was a story that I was reading not too long ago on parenting. And it was a story of this father and his son true story where the father was was in this just repetitious cycle of coming home and sleeping in a recliner and every two or three hours he would have to set his alarm and wake up never getting more than a few hours of sleep consecutively every single night and the reason being is because his son was in a horrible auto accident He's completely paralyzed, and, and so what had to happen is that therapists would come in, and, and they would massage his limbs every, every couple of hours in order to, to maintain his circulation, and, 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 and at night, the father would take the place of the therapist. Every couple of hours, dad would wake up and take care of his son. He'd work all day, come home, sleep in a recliner. Every two or three hours, I'm going to wake up. And I'm going to take care of my son, go back to work, repeat, repeat, repeat. We've heard countless stories of this type of stuff. The love of a 
a parent to their child or the love of a child to their parent or the love of one person to another person. We've, we've heard a number of amazing stories of, of just beautiful love. And, and amazing as it is to hear of the father's love for his son, it, it absolutely does not come close to explaining the love that God has for you and I today. That that is the kind of God that we serve, that we are not able to even identify it or to understand the kind of love that God has for you and the love that God has for me today. So when we sing songs about lifting up, when we come in on a Sunday morning and people see us doing this number and, and shouting and praising and they see us singing songs, well, there's a reason for it's because we know that without a fact, God loves me more than anything in this entire world. And so, God, I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to glorify you. Because he's always looking out for you. And he's always going to love you. That your goodness, it can't win God's love. And your badness, it cannot lose God's love. But hear me this morning, you can resist God's love. You can't lose it, you can't win it, but you can resist it. And it's in these moments of resistance, it's in these moments of running that I want you to look at what your God does. I want you to see how compassionate he is and, and how much he cares for you and, and how merciful he is towards you, Brother Jordan, if you could turn it to Revelation 3 and 20. This is the kind of God that you and I serve, that when we are resisting and when you and I are running, he says this, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. That if any man hear my voice, if any man will open that door, I will come unto him. That God is looking to seek you today. That God is looking to approach you today. That no matter how far we run and no matter how hard we try to resist, God is standing at the door knocking. You may feel unworthy to approach him, but that's all right because he's approaching you. You may feel unworthy to approach him, but he's standing at the door of your heart knocking today. You may fear approaching him about your sin. You may fear approaching him about your weakness or your struggle or your pain, but that's all right because he is standing at the door of your heart today knocking. His love for you, somebody hear me, his love for you, it's relentless. That his desire for you and his desire to give you a hope and his desire to give you a future, his compassion towards you, it's relentless. That that's the kind of God that we serve today. I believe this morning that God may be knocking on the door to someone's heart. But the question that I have for every saint and every soul under the sound of my voice is can we hear it? Can you hear the knock? 
In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus is addressing a lukewarm church. He's addressing a lukewarm spirit. He's addressing a lukewarm soul. That they've got everything that they want in Revelation chapter 3. He said, you're rich. You're in need of nothing. You've got a lot of irons in the fire. You've got a lot of noise going on. And so here's the thing. I want you to repent. He declares them. He says, I want you to repent. Because I wish you were either hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. And so he says, repent. You're in need of nothing. You don't need to call on me. You're not desperate. You're in need of nothing. You're rich. You've got all that you could ever ask for. And so he calls them to repent. And what Jesus was saying is that you've got to have an ear for this. You've got to have an ear for the knock. You've got to have an ear for my voice so that you can hear my direction, so that you can hear my words. And I believe with everything in me this morning that God is knocking on the door to someone's heart today. But the question that I have for us is, can we hear it? Can we hear that knock? That maybe we've been listening to too much noise and, and maybe unintentionally or, or maybe it's intentionally, it's, it's began to distract us from the voice of God. That maybe we're listening for a different word, that, that maybe we're listening to others for their words and, and, and maybe we're, we're just not convicted by, by, by your words, God. And so I, I've allowed my ear to be tuned to other things, but this morning, if we will just simply tune our ear, there's a little knock. There's a little knock that's coming from one that will bring peace that surpasses all understanding. One that will bring hope and one that will bring joy and one that will bring satisfaction. One that loves you so much that even when we run and even when we resist, he is still approaching and knocking on the door to your heart. Would you lift up a hand towards heaven right now? Come on, I wonder if somebody would just begin to acknowledge this, that God, you love me. That God, you are merciful towards me. Despite what the enemy wants to say, despite what my flesh thinks, Lord, you are knocking on the door to my heart today that you are approaching me. God, help me to hear your voice. Help me to hear that knock. Help me to hear your words. Come on, would you lift up your hand right now and and just dig a little bit deeper into saying, God, I want to have an ear for your word. I want to have an ear for your voice. Lord, give me ears to hear, God. Musicians, if you'd come. When I was probably all the way up until I was about 15 or 16, I had a few rituals, young people. I was a night owl. Any of you guys night owls? All right, all right, cool. I was a night owl, and so there was a a process in order to get me to go to sleep so that I could get up for school. There, There were some things that needed to be done. One was... I had a lava lamp. Anybody have a lava lamp growing up? All right. Is that, am I showing my age on this? Is that an old thing? Am I an outcast? All right, you got one. Good. So I had a lava lamp. And I loved my lava lamp so much that it went with me wherever I was going. Like I packed it. It was going with me. It was red and yellow. And so when it would get warm, it looked like just a, a liquid fireball. I mean, it was awesome. And it just kind of put me to sleep. The other thing, and I'm not afraid to acknowledge this now. You guys are probably too cool to 
agree with me. But I like to have my door open. And I enjoyed having my door open because uh, eh, maybe I was scared. I don't know. But my parents were night owls too. And so they'd be in the kitchen or they'd be at the dining room table or they'd be in the living room. And, and there was just something soothing about hearing the chatter from mom and dad. It just put me at peace in knowing that, that mom and dad are watching over. I can't hear what they're saying, but I, I can hear their voices. And, and it put me at peace in knowing that they're close. And the only reason that God knocks on doors is because doors have been shut. And this morning, I just want to encourage you that if you're looking for that peace, that I can't rest. I, I can't rest. I, I can't find peace. I can't find that joy. I can't find that happiness. If you're, if you're looking for that, if you are looking for an answer today, if you are looking, how do I get through this storm? How do I get through the darkness? How do I get through this moment? My encouragement to you is that there's got to be an open door. That maybe there's some areas in my life that, that unintentionally or maybe intentionally, God, I'm going to shut the door because I can do it on my own. Or maybe there's some areas that you don't want God to be in those rooms with you. You don't want God to see those things. You don't, you don't want God in the, in, the, in the midst of your decision making. You, you don't want to allow God into your mind and into your decisions and into your future. But I've got to encourage somebody here today that if you will just open a door. Come on, somebody. If you will just open a door, you will realize that there is peace that cometh from God. He is the prince of peace. That there is joy. That there is love. That there is, there is an outpouring of love and compassion from God. But all you have to do is open the door that maybe you shut. And so today as these altars are open, my encouragement to you to say, God, maybe there's some doors in my life. Maybe there's some things that I've tried to handle on my own. But I'm understanding that right here, right now, God, give me an ear to hear it. That maybe there's some decisions that I'm trying to make. Maybe there's some places I'm trying to go. Maybe there are some things that I'm trying to handle. But God, right now, give me an ear for that knock. That God, I want to hear your voice. That God, I want to hear your instruction. That God, I want to hear what you have for my life. But the only way to do it is to say, God, I'm going to open up the door and I'm going to allow you in. I'm going to allow you into my future. I'm going to allow you into my heart. I'm going to let you order my steps. I'm going to let you guide my hands. I'm going to let you guide my decisions. And so God, I'm opening the door today. And so church, if we could stand, as we begin to pray, I encourage every person, if we could make our way to an altar today to say, God, whatever door is in my life that's shut, I want to open it right now. That God, I want to hear your voice. That God, I want to hear your direction. That God, I want to hear what you have for me today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you see every heart, every soul. 
Lord, every marriage, every family, Lord, every decision, God, I pray right now. I pray that there would be a, uh, I pray that there would be a heart of David that says, search me, oh God. Search me, God. Maybe I've had some doors shut, but God, search me. Search me, Lord. Search my mind. Search my ways, Lord. I invite you in, God, that as you're approaching me, Lord, I'm, I'm opening that door because I want to hear your voice. In the name of Jesus, come on, church, would you lift up your voice? Would you begin to allow God to minister in your life right now in the name of Jesus? We're so glad that you tuned in to today's message. While we hope that you were ministered to, we also believe in being connected to a local church. Our desire is that this ministry would supplement and not substitute the vision cast by the leadership that God has placed in your life. You can support us by leaving us a review, and for additional information, visit thefamilylife.org.